0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Along we roll on one of the great sports weeks that we have, the coaching carousel. By now you're aware of what's going on. Dallas is staying with their coach. The Eagles were still waiting on theirs. And then we got the divisional weekend this weekend, which tends to be the best weekend of pro football that we get. You get the right teams in there. You get some of the riffraff out of there. And away we go. And quarterbacks are the conversation. And I want to just finish up what we were saying before we got to the end of the previous hour. And that is, as quarterbacks, as quarterback rivalries go, that's generally how the sport is defined. And so I want to put this into the form of a question. Let me get the entire hashtag crew in on this. First off, I'm going to make a statement. You just stop me if you disagree with what I'm about to say. Currently, if we are going to... If we're going to put the quarterbacks in rungs, in, in, in on levels in pro football right now, I think that the top group, the elite group, is, is has four names in it. It's Patrick Mahomes at the top, and I think there are three names that belong with him. And you, we can debate the order in which they come, but there are three names that go in that, and that's Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Am, do you agree with that? Am I missing anything? The only
2: thing f- that I disagree with is I think Mahomes might be in a tier unto himself, but generally speaking, you have the right for, I'm not sure in the right order, but you preface by well, saying
1: Well, as I that. said, I, I didn't even put that in but an But Mahomes order. is number one in RU. Mahomes won, but then I think the the, the, the level, the rung, whatever, whatever the term. The tier. The tier, thank you. it's a better word. The tier is four deep, meaning the unquestioned elite the guys that if you've got them you've got a chance every week every year every everything those are the four guys let
2: me just follow up with one more question when you say the unquestioned elite of the elite lamar jackson's playoff record is
1: not so good it's it's pretty dacky yeah, pretty dacky i know but he's just so good he's so much better than dack in the regular season it's not even close if he gets
2: knocked out by Houston this weekend, let's say he's a reason why. Does that change your mind?
1: Well, I mean, that will that will start bringing up questions. I just don't often hear people put quarterbacks into that tier that have won one playoff game. I know, but you don't put many quarterbacks. I mean, he's won two MVPs. I think Lamar is great. When you do me a favor while, we're ha- while I'm going through the next list? Yeah. get me the list of quarterbacks who've won multiple MVPs in the history of the sport. You got it. I mean, that, that can't be something that's that hard to find. It is right? not. Um, or, or if you want to just do it in the Super Bowl era, whatever you want. It's, it's going to be Unitas. It's going to be Montana. It's going to be Brady and Manning. I'm not sure it's going to go any... How much deeper Favre's, than that? Mahomes. It's going to Favre,
2: Mahomes. Favre, Mahomes. And he's going to be the youngest at the time of his second win. Yeah. So, I mean, that's
1: elite. You know, th- th- I mean, that's that's elite. I agree, but I think there will be some that say, what about the playoffs? But you were the one, who I feel like two weeks ago, was telling me that he belongs ahead of Allen Ann Burrow. I think it.
2: he's outstanding. I, I you know, when, when a team underperforms in the playoffs, in his case, I think it's been as much about the defense as the offense. And this year, I think they are as equipped as ever because of the improvements of their passing
1: game. Well, either way, are we all good with that tier? Yeah, it sounds right to me. Okay. Yep. So, so then my question is, and, and this all stems from the question of how do we assess Dak? I'm just going to say a name. And you tell me, if you were starting a team right now, would you rather have this person or Dak Prescott? Money Money notwithstanding. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess money notwithstanding, because on some level, all these guys are going to get that money, right? If you're elite, I'm not going to name any older players.
2: But for example, I'm sure you'll get to him, but like C.J. Stroud on his rookie contract is like a top five
1: asset in the whole sport right now. But, 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 but if the money wasn't a factor, would you rather have C.J. Stroud or Dak. Dak. Get out of here. I'd rather have Dak. You would rather have Dak Prescott than C.J. Stroud? If, if I was telling you right now you could start a team with either of those guys and money, it was no factor? You, just you said, would take Dak over C.J. Stroud? You just said money is not a factor. Right. Dak is, has a proven body of work over eight years. Oh, I so so. right now, we're having a draft, and the entire NFL is an option. And money is not—everyone's making the same amount of money. And and it's your pick is next, and those two quarterbacks are on the board. You would take Dak. I would take Dak. Oh my god! I Money is not a factor, knock.
3: but age
1: is. Forgetting age, even if age, Stroud is better. Stroud is freaking special. That guy is the best rookie he, he had a very,
3: ever. He had a very similar rookie I, I, season to Dak. I, I think oh, no, most
1: he people would yes, take he did. Dak. <laughs> oh, my God. CJ Stroud just had the best rookie season in NFL history and won a playoff game and looked great against a defense that everyone was telling me was the best defense in the sport.
3: Dak came a few plays away from beating the Packers in that first playoff they game. He have losing had a fanta- by
1: 30 points in the first half and of that game. And then came
3: back. He had a fantastic rookie season. And if you're taking age out of it, then I do think that Dak is – in consideration for being picked over him if you were you're, if you're uh, right putting out you're uh, you're, cam in.
1: you are the general manager of my team and those two quarterbacks are on the board and they make the same amount of money which one would you take to start your team
3: are they the same age yes because, they're the same i mean the we can't age? live in a world where they're the same age then i pick cj stroud if, if, if your only just goal saying, is
1: to win the championship in the next four years
3: uh, i'm taking Dak.
1: you two him uh bubba
4: yeah, I'm I'm taking a more proven person than so. Last year, everyone thought Jalen Hurts was the greatest thing going, okay, and he. Well, regressed. I haven't gotten
1: to him yet. Okay. I, I'm
4: just saying that's this is. I All thought right. just the other day you were kind of having the same thing where, you you were having this thought where you got to
1: prove it more than one year. I I agree. But Stroud separate is separate conversation. Stroud is unbelievable, but I I. Stroud I'm taking, is not a historically greater player than Dak Prescott, but if I'm choosing one or the other right now to build a team around, I take Stroud so fast it makes your head spin.
4: I mean, I'm not going to be upset if I get Stroud, but I'm still taking the. Let me give the, it. I'm still Justin Herbert Dak.
1: over Dak. All these are in comparison to Dak. Herbert or Dak?
3: Gosh, that's so hard. <laughs>
1: I would take Herbert over Dak.
3: Yeah, I think so. I
1: don't know why How are we? Ta- why are we taking Herbert over Stroud? Stroud is Stroud came into a worse situation than Herbert and has done infinitely more with it. Herbert was drafted by a team that wasn't that bad, has had much more talent and stuff around him, and has done... Look, I think he's brilliant, but he hasn't done any high-level winning. C.J. Stroud, as a true rookie, had the best touchdown-to-interception ratio on the entire sport on a team that earned the second pick in the draft this year with receivers no one had ever heard of, a rookie, defensive-oriented head coach, beat Cleveland in a playoff game, and is still alive in the division but, but it's still one year. I agree. I'm
2: taking
4: Dak it's over her. Just it's still one year.
1: We're drafting. You're taking Dak over, over, um, over I'm, Justin Herbert. I'm taking Herbert I, over Dak. And I'm Dak
2: taking over Dak Stroud. over
1: both so far. This, Trevor Lawrence. This, La- this I, is the I company think he all keeps. Crazy. This is the company he keeps. Trevor Lawrence. Dak over, over Lawrence. Dak, Dak, and Stroud. All right, so Lawrence came into the league mm-hmm. being the can't miss. He's right. the greatest court prospect since ever. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter you got it. No matter what, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Trevor Lawrence. We're done with that now.
2: He's had half a good season at a three.
1: He's had half of one good season mm-hmm. out of three. You agree? With an elite quarterback developer, we think, in yeah. Doug Peterson there now. Mm-hmm. I think
2: he can still turn it around. But regressed it is, this year. It has looked less than He's stellar. very Kyler Murray-y to me.
1: Like, I, I just, I'm worried about his... No two people have ever been physically less than <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: worried that he might plateau. I'll put it that way. Jalen Hurts.
3: I like Hurts over Dak. Me too. Me too.
2: I'll take Dak. Still taking Dak, Bubs?
4: I mean, I, I haven't seen enough from Hertz to say that he's.
2: I mean, Hertz. Hertz this year, in by his standards, a bad year, was still outstanding and had the same exact number of touchdowns as Dak Prescott. I think Jalen Hertz over the next ten years is a say over the next five years is a safer bet. I agree. Brock Purdy. I would take Dak over Purdy. Me too.
3: Dak.
1: <laughs> I like Bubba. Bubba with the dramatic. I could parse. say
3: Tom Brady, and he would say Dak.
1: Uh, automated stations. So, so you're super high on Dak. So so it sounds to me like you're saying, Bubba, that after Mahomes, Lamar, Burrow, and Allen, you believe Dak is the next best quarterback in the sport. That's not an illegitimate thing to say. Two weeks ago, people probably would have agreed with is you. Is there
2: anybody that would put Jordan Love over Dak right this second? If you were choosing between the two of them right now. Because mm-hmm. I mean Love's Love's really only had half a good season, but it was magnificent. And he's on the ascent. And he for looked sure.
1: brilliant in a playoff game on the road against a good defense, Mm -hmm. and Dak Prescott looked horrendous at home in a playoff game against a terrible defense. That's That's the underrated part of that whole Green Bay game. Their defense sucks! (laughs) sucks. Jordan Love looked like the veteran quarterback in that game. He looked unbelievable. I mean, if you're telling me right now I could choose one or the other of those two guys for my team for the next five years, I would take Love.
2: I just think in the case of Love and Stroud, you're overreacting to relatively small sample sizes. You're doing a lot of projecting.
1: I'm watching what these guys can do now a big part of that seems to be I don't know who's doing the developing in Houston yeah Bobby Slowick is their OC he's made he's it, awesome. gonna get a head coach yeah job. I think so I know who's doing it in um in in Green Bay and I believe in them I mean I, yeah. I think they've got it right mm-hmm. so and, and I think that there's look and it goes to show you because you can do it either way Dak got forced into a, a, into action immediately um uh Stroud started playing immediately and and Love sat there and learned like different strokes for whatever it is, and and so here they are. I guess I'm just saying I feel like the world is passing the Cowboys by. That's the point I was trying to make here. Right now there are teams on the ascent. Green Bay is going to be much better than them next year. Green Bay doesn't have one guy on that team that can shave. Not one guy on that team is shaving. When they won that game against the Cowboys, every one of them, in order to have a locker room celebration, had to bring their fake ID. You need a fake ID to celebrate because there's not a guy on that team who's of legal drinking age. They're all so ridiculously young. And the Cowboys, with all their big, bloated, overinflated egos and reputations, aren't nearly as good as them. That's the and point. the coach is a thousand times better.
2: You're ma- and, and also can't shave. You're making the right point about the Cowboys. I, I think I don't believe in windows in pro sports the same way that others do because very rarely do things happen so like cleanly or tidy. But... In this case, it's just math. I mean, it's $60 million for Dak. It's, it's $35 million for Micah. It's $25, 30000000 for C.D. Lamb. It's, it's not possible, even with the amount of cash Jerry has on hand, to run it back with a roster this good.
1: Can I just mention one other thing? I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Because I, I just made myself remember that this happened yesterday. So there's something I just want you to know. So a, a weird thing happened to me yesterday. I think you guys will find this fascinating. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with this in America, but someone explained this. So our son, Stephen, came home late last night. He he is an aspiring actor, and he got a a part to shoot something for two days in New York over this weekend. So he came home last night, which is very exciting. Are you allowed to say what he shot? He's not. He's shooting it this coming weekend. I I don't know. it's It's a short film. I don't even know what it is, but it's, you know, whatever. He's an actor, and he's doing his thing. So he was coming home, and he tells his mother he's got a cold, and he desperately needs a neti pot. Do you know what a neti pot is?
2: I think so. Most yes.
1: people do. And even if you don't, it's just a its a very over-the-counter thing that you can buy at any CVS or Walgreens or, or other drugstore of your choice. It's not something they keep behind the counter. Like I remember when I had to once, I bought this medicine that had some drug in it that you had to go up and sign a piece of paper. I don't even think this is a drug. I think it's something that you literally just squirt something up one nostril, it comes out the other nostril. I don't know. I've never used one, Mm. but Stevie wants a neti pot because he he thinks that will make him feel better for his performance. And, you know, we're parents who want to help him out. So I brave the cold. Freezing yesterday, I bundle myself up. I got a scarf. I got a hat. I got gloves. I got a coat. I walk the block and a half to the CBS. You (laughs) grinder. Because I'm just that kind of dedicated to cause. And I bring with me only three things. My glasses so that I can read, my phone so that I can pay, and my keys so I can get back into my house. Notably absent from that list is my wallet because I don't need it. So I go to the CVS. I find the neti pot. I walk up to the area where you're going to pay for it yourself. I put the neti pot, You know, I scan the thing, and it says, age restriction. Someone is coming to help you. So now the woman comes over And she says, I need to see your ID, please. And I said, I don't have my ID. And she said, then you can't buy that neti pot. So I took off my hat and I took everything off and I showed her, I said, I don't know how old you have to be to buy a neti pot, but just look at me. What are the chances I'm not old enough? Like, there's nothing on planet Earth I'm not old enough to buy right now. I am 56 years old. Oh, my God. Is there any chance that a neti pot, which is just sitting out on a counter, like, you can buy that as easily as you can buy Altoids, is there any chance that this is something that you have to be older than 56 to buy? (laughs) I had to go home and get my wallet. I had to trudge back through the cold cranky as hell and get my wallet so I could come back with my driver's license to prove I'm old enough to buy a neti pot someone explained this to me how old must one be and no one could tell me like I said to her just out of curiosity how old do you have to be she said I don't know I said then what are you checking for is it possible I'm too young like do you have to be 60 to buy a neti pot because no one could possibly look at me and think I'm under twenty one. I'm flattered when people tell me I look young for my age, but I'm not a teenager. Even if you need some sort of proof, they needed me to prove that I am the age I am to buy a neti pot.
2: By the way, I'm I'm checking out online at CVS right now and it doesn't require you to do anything except put in your credit card number. So I can buy one online without demonstrating how old are I you am. Are
1: you sure if you get to the next stage of it, will it not at any point say before you buy this you have to demonstrate how old you are? I'm at the very, very end. Then how, how is it possible that they needed my identification? How is it possible I had to prove how old I am to buy that yesterday? Are you sure it's just the age? Yeah, what else is it? It said an age. there's an age requirement. I didn't have to show them where I live. I had you to show to them my driver's York license. You have to be from New York
2: to buy a nutty pot in could, New York? It could be any number of things on your
1: license. No, I'm pretty sure the automated voice said, age restriction, someone oh, is coming okay. over to help you. I almost, it was my age.
4: I I feel like it's almost got to be like it was tags wrong because the thing is, it's basically just like a But tea. the woman
1: backed it up. Like no, the, she well, doesn't like know, she doesn't
3: know what's going on. So I think she thinks a neti pot is something alcoholic. Yeah, oh, like, or so, or maybe just pot.
4: Yeah, the thing
1: is, <laughs> yeah, is, I'm not buying pot. That's basically it was flagged because it was. It's pot. a new yeah. strain
3: yeah. called neti.
1: I'm not buying neti weed. Yeah. I'm buying a neti pot. This, That's this is a, a freaking cold remedy for crying out loud. <laughs> no, I mean it, it makes no logical sense. The
4: thing is essentially like a tea kettle thing, like you said. That you just pour, but. No, sometimes it makes sense when you buy there are certain cold medicines that have you know drugs in it that you can essentially trip off of. So I get I I get (laughs) that. Um, But this yeah, it makes no sense. I'm the only thing I could think of is it was essentially flagged wrong, and and they just it's that's ridiculous, and they made you walk home, and that's sad. Yeah. And no appreciation. Steve will just be like, yeah, great.
1: Thanks, Dad. What made you think You know you're a parent when you're braving those temperatures. You come back like, Dad, do you have the neti pot or what? To take a second shot at a neti pot. Yeah, don't tell me about the pain. Just show me the neti pot. We'll be right back on ESPN Radio.
0: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Greeny,
1: the podcast. All right, Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We got NBA action tonight. Timberwolves Grizzlies presented by Indeed. Coverage nine thirty Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations and the ESPN app. Meanwhile,
0: I'm sorry. What?
1: What? 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 I'm sorry. What? What? I'm
0: sorry. What? I'm sorry. What?
1: what? I'm sorry. What is interesting? People saying interesting things. It's also what a lot of Cowboys fans said when they heard that Mike McCarthy was coming back as their coach. McCarthy is meeting with the media as we speak after the news yesterday from Jerry Jones that he will be brought back for another season as head coach. I have a couple of sound bites here, but we're going to hear them together for the first time. Bubba put them on my screen, but I've not heard them. So we will hear from McCarthy together. This is him talking about not having an extension. So he's going to be coaching in the final year of his contract.
5: Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, and I've been asked this for 20 years or ever how long, um, those questions pretend I, I've never talked about a player's contract, um, you know, coach's contract. I mean, I, I'm not going to start today, but I, I will say I am very uh, confident in the dire- direction um, and and I, I like where we are, you know, as far as um, moving forward. Uh, so I'm I'm very confident where I am. Okay, so that doesn't have anything to do with the question, but here's,
1: here's the thing, and no, no, none of us in this conversation can respond to this with any knowledge of it, but Does it change the way the players view the coach when the coach has no job security? A coach's authority can come from a lot of different things. One of them is the owner essentially making a statement that it's his way or the highway. The the buck stops with the coach. If if a player has an issue with the coach or whatever it is, then the player damn well better get it figured out because the coach has the full authority and backing of the owner in this case. He has not been given that in anything beyond word because he has no contract beyond this. The question that, again, none of us can answer from any experience is does that change the way the players view the coach? I can't imagine the answer to that question is yes. I don't – because these players
2: are playing for themselves. They're playing for the tape. They're playing for their contract or their next contract. I do think, though, it could and probably will have an effect from the perspective of of pressure, from the perspective of – outside conversation which i would say impact the cowboys and the cowboy players more than any other team in the nfl because all their players have podcasts and because they're so showy because they're the cowboys they're america's team and they embrace that part of it too that that's that to me is is where this will play a a factor because it could definitely be a
1: capital d distraction i disagree with the first thing you said huh i think it does affect the way players view guys so let's just let's just use someone like C.D. Lamb or Micah Parsons, guys who are fully confident and comfortable in their standing, who no matter what happens aren't going anywhere and they're going to get the contracts. If Mike McCarthy is mad at them, yelling at them, my way or the highway stuff, I can easily see Micah Parsons or C.D. Lamb. I'm just using them as the example because they're great players, looking at that coach and saying... I don't care what he thinks. He's going to be gone next year anyway. You know, if they're four and seven Mm. next season and all anyone's talking about is how the coach is going to get fired, I can see C.D. Lamb or, or again, I'm not casting aspersions on these individuals. I'm just using their standing as an example, saying he can be mad at me all he wants. I'm not listening to a word he says, because next year someone else is going to be in that job anyway. The coach has three years left on his contract. I think that is different.
2: I think you could be right about that. I I generally assume that these players are going to be as professional as they possibly can be regardless. That's quite
1: an assumption to make.
2: You you don't think, generally speaking, that NFL players are doing their best? uh, Players in
1: all sports are concerned about themselves, first and foremost. That's not wrong. Mm -hmm. let's, Let's take it out of sports. You and I both work for a huge company. Huge ESPN and ESPN is in the news every single day some days for good reasons some days for bad reasons that's just the way it's been for the 27 years 28 years that I've been working here and it will continue to be for the next 28 years and long beyond that and most of it doesn't have anything to do with me I'm concerned about my thing they give me four hours a day. They give me my four hours of real estate a day. Here, Greenie, you do these two hours on TV. You do these two hours on the radio. And oh, by the way, you'll get to do the NFL draft in April too, which I love. For a while, I did the NBA. Then I didn't. I used to do a radio show. I mean, the, the Mike and Mike show. Now I know. That's my concern. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the things that impact that and that impact me. So if there's an issue going on someplace else that doesn't directly affect me, it isn't really my concern. Like I, I hope it gets, I hope it all works out well. But it doesn't actually have any bearing on how I go about doing my job. And I think that's the way most football players view it too.
2: I think you're making my point. You're saying that you're, you're going to care about you and, and and your area of control, regardless of who's telling you the
1: things. Like your, your bosses have changed over the course of the last 28 years, have they not? Uh, yes, but they've changed. But I've never been in a position where I thought. The guy who's who's telling me what to do is on the verge of being out of here next week would that change the way that you do your job you think it might certainly change whether i i did so so i'm in a sort of a different position because generally they let me do whatever i want to do but that wasn't always the case so like i sometimes i i don't know i mean dave dave roberts who's one of the people that i work for who for whom i have the most respect once said to me, Greeny, you're being very difficult. And I said to him, Dave, you don't understand. It's not my job to be easy to deal with. Like, that's not in my job description. So when he and I have a dispute, I, I always respect the fact that he gets to make the decision and I don't. It's my job to tell him what I think we should do, but at the end of the day, it's his decision. Mm -hmm. Now, if he's the coach of my football team and I think he's out of here in two weeks, then I might just do it my way anyway because at the end of the day, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to go down with what I believe in and not because of what I'm being told by someone whose opinion I don't value that much who I think is going to be gone in a month.
2: And what I'm saying is that McCarthy not having an extension in effect is going to serve as a rain cloud over the organization next year and everything that happens on the field, you'll have to view through that prism. I so, think that's a bigger deal than how the players might perceive
1: it. I think you're saying the same thing I am. Why is that going to be a big rain cloud over everything? Because he is probably going to get fired if things don't go well. And how does that become a rain cloud? It's not because the players are constantly asked questions about it. It's because the players are thinking about it. That Who's the new coach going to be? Do I need to, do I need to, I, I need to put some stuff on tape? that the 31 other teams are going to like and they're going to see. Maybe that's not the way I'm being utilized here. Maybe I'm going to freelance a little bit here or whatever it is. Maybe I know I'm coming back next year. So if I've got a you know a little bit of a knee here, maybe I don't rush myself back so I take the risk of an injury for something like that. I, I, I think that that stuff is very commonplace and I don't think it's necessarily critical of the athletes. That's the way people, I think, generally perform. If your leader is not someone who has been empowered hmm. by whatever forces are, there are that empower that leader, you are less inclined to blindly follow. I think that's just human nature.
2: That's good. So, so last week or two weeks ago when the Bears said, we're bringing back Matt, back Matt Eberflus, and you said, why? Why not extend him then, too? You feel the same way about this. Like, if you're going to bring back Mike
1: McCarthy, double down and extend. The it. Eberflus one is way worse. <laughs> way worse. Because you're going to do the same thing again with your quarterback. You're going to – so, so don't, get, don't get me started on this, but it's so – I can't believe it's happening. I'm aghast <laughs> that this is happening. But so, so for those who don't know the history of this, the Bears had John Fox as their coach, who had done a good job over the years but was clearly teetering on the end of his tenure. And they drafted Mitch Trubisky with the second pick in the NFL draft. And they kept Fox – And Fox had one more year and they fired Fox. So after one year of that, now here's Trubisky in his second year with a new coach, learning a new system, with a coach who isn't invested in him, who wasn't part of the process of drafting him, who clearly didn't believe in him as it turned out. So some time goes by, they move on from Trubisky, they draft Justin Fields. At that time, their coach was Matt Nagy, who clearly was teetering on being out of a job. He was clearly 10 minutes away from getting fired if things went badly. So did they fire him and start anew with a new coach who is invested in the new quarterback? No. They kept Nagy. They drafted Fields. One more year, they fired Nagy. Now they got a new coach in place who wasn't part of the process of drafting Fields, who may not have fully believed in him, and Fields is set back by having to learn a new offense, a new system, a new everything. Now... They're most likely going to get rid of Fields and draft another quarterback at the very top of the draft. In this case, the literal top of the draft. And they have a coach who's teetering, who's hanging by a string. They got rid of all of his assistant coaches. So what do they do? Do they get rid of that coach and start over with a brand new one who's going to be part of the decision to draft Caleb Williams and build around him and be invested in it and everything else? No, they're not. They're going to keep Matt Eberflus. And if things go sideways next year, he's definitely going to get fired. And then Caleb Williams, in his second year, will be learning a new offense with new coaches and new coordinators and people who are not invested in that. And we'll start talking about how the Bears are two years away from drafting another quarterback. It's inexcusable. It is a breach of your fiduciary responsibility. It is... When people say that things are mismanaged, when people say the problems start at the very top, they do. This isn't a John Fox problem. It's not a Matt Nagy problem. It's not a Matt Eberflus problem. It's not a Mitch Trubisky problem. It's not a Justin Fields problem. And it won't be a Caleb Williams problem. Have I made myself clear? It's really good. I mean, I don't don't have any other way to describe it. It's the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. All right, I have one more Mike McCarthy bite, by the way. This is his message to the fans.
5: We have a, an unbelievable fan base, uh, and, they have, and they should be frustrated. Um, uh, we're extremely disappointed, uh, disappointed for them, uh, disappointed in our performance. Uh, but my, my message would be this. Uh, we, we, we have established a, a, you know, a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the, we have the right people. Um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games, and um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but you know, I, I know how to win, and and uh, we will get over that threshold. Uh, I have total confidence in it, and, and that's why I'm standing here today.
1: All right, look, I hated that. I mean, I, I, I don't know how anyone couldn't think that was just a terrible way to say that. I understand what he's trying to say, but it's a terrible. Way to say it. We're a championship. We know how to train to win. Well, no, you obviously don't. I mean, I mean, there's no other way to say it. You obviously don't. The proof is on the field. The proof was losing 27 nothing in the second quarter to a Green Bay team that barely squeaked into the playoffs and, again, doesn't have a single player on their team old enough to shave. So... I didn't love that answer. What did well, you it's think a
4: championship it? program. It's just not a world championship. Program <laughs> yeah, what does that yet? mean so, exactly? We
1: have a we have a division championship. It's an, program. an NFC East yeah. championship
3: program. <laughs> Once Marini. we
1: get to that world championship <laughs> program, God. things are really going to be. It's looking It's not up. even
3: a conference championship program. We he's have a, a, we
1: have an NFC East division winning championship program. That's yeah, that's hey, I mean, that's the championship that facts. we're counting here. We, gotta, a, we have a
4: championship program. We just don't have the world championship program, which is essentially what we're
2: theoretically hoping to strive for. He's a cliche spewing immortal. He knows how to win, though. So, Bubba, if he got fired, would anybody in the NFL hire him to be their head coach next year?
4: I mean, I, I actually do think yes. But who would make that? Who would make that mistake? Who? I, like what?
1: What? Like like? I, well, I mean, he's.
4: How about the like Bears? We, was, how about the like Bears? Said earlier, he's got the most wins in NFC history. Right? I mean. I don't think he's a bad coach. So I mean, there are some bad teams. He's not a bad coach. Someone you wanna, would hire him. You want to bet
3: he replaces Eberflus next year? <laughs> yeah,
4: I do think he would get hired again. But regardless, I don't know what that 40 seconds was. But no, I'm fired up and can't wait for next year. Green, coach in, in,
2: in all honesty, in that meeting, in that exit interview, that didn't turn out to be an exit interview between Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy, what could Mike McCarthy have said to you to conv- convince you that it was worth running back without extending your contract. What, what could have been said? Are you being convinced that we're
1: close? I'll continue not taking away any of your spotlight. I'll continue doing the things you tell me to do. I'll continue putting up with all the things that you have to put up with to be the coach here. I'm not Bill Belichick. I'm not Jim Harbaugh. All the TV cameras will not come to me. They will continue to go to you. All the questions will not be asked to me. They will continue to be asked to you. All the players will not look to me as the leader. They will continue to look to you. And everything will continue to be the same around here, which is the way you like it. You'll continue to make trillions of dollars. We'll continue to be good and relevant. And the spotlight game on Fox and CBS and everywhere else every single Sunday and we'll and and maybe next time we'll get into that big spot and we'll win one. I, I think it's as simple as that. I, I think when people suggest that's the primary motivation behind this, I don't there is no better explanation. You really think Jerry Jones'
2: motivation is that is to not lose any spotlight? You don't think that his primary objective is to win?
1: I think that he doesn't realize that I don't think he he I don't think I think he's blind to the reasons he's not. Hmm. I think he's blind to the reasons he's not winning
4: there's no way I don't think there's any way you can say his absolute number one primary you know motivation is to win I think he wants to win I think Chris Canny said it earlier on get up he wants to win but he wants to do it his way so I think he does want to win so th- but there's, there's no th- way you can say bringing back McCarthy and all all the decisions he made for the last twenty years he wants to do it his specific way because he wants to get credit and it's what's gonna it's costing us so many different times and and that's the reason.
1: So I, mean, I do think he wants to win. Jimmy Johnson, Hambo? I mean, this happened. It, it, the, 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 the proof is right there in front of you. Jimmy Johnson built him a dynasty, and he couldn't get rid of him fast enough because everyone was always crediting Jimmy. The, the, the bottom line of it is this. There is um, another very high-profile owner in that same town, Mark Cuban, who said the following to me once a long time ago. A long time ago, before he had won his first championship, he was in Bristol for a day, we call it the car wash, where someone comes and does all the shows. And I was the one doing the interview. And so he and I were sitting and talking. And he said to me, it's always stuck in my head. There are two different kinds of owners of sports teams. There are the ones who can't stand to lose money. And they're ones who can't stand to lose games. And you want, if you're lucky, you get the kind of owner who can't stand to lose games. And I, who am I to criticize a person for wanting to make as much money as possible? But if, you're, if everything in your soul isn't pushing you towards winning a championship first, last, and everywhere in the middle, then it's easy to understand why you aren't. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. First impression next on ESPN Radio.
6: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: If there has not been at least some communication, back channel, all that. You already (laughs) hit me on the two-way.
6: You already know those conversations. Yes.
1: Whatever the lingo is, (laughs) are we hitting me on the two-way? No,
6: we don't say that now. No, 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 no. That's way. Don't say that now. Whatever it is we're saying. Is that breaker one
1: nine? Whatever it is we're doing here, I'm going back to smoking in the bandit, which is before anyone else but me in this conversation was born.
0: This is Greeny.
1: Well, whatever it is they talked about on the two-way, it didn't do any good. There's only one way the Cowboys are going, and that is south. In my opinion, they get worse from here, not better. And unlike you, Hambo, I do believe in windows opening and closing. I think they had an excellent chance to win the NFL championship this year, to win the Super Bowl. They had the team. They had everything. They had the momentum. They had a real shot. I I don't know that they were going to go into San Francisco and win. I don't know that anybody is, but I would have given them as good a puncher's chance as anyone else has against that team. And then we'll see what happens. We'll never know. And now the quarterback gets so expensive. The receiver is going to get expensive. The pass rusher is going to get expensive. There are young quarterbacks coming along in the NFC, particularly Jordan Love in the NFC South or excuse me, the NFC North that team. and, and, And you know what? Belichick is going to show up in the NFC South too looking more and more like he's going to wind up in Atlanta, unless the Eagles do make a change here, I I think things just got a lot worse, not better in Dallas.
2: I mean, if you do want to do a little window shopping, the Cowboys have really had two windows with Dak Prescott. They had the Dak Prescott rookie contract win- window, and they swung and missed. And then they had the Micah C D Lamb rookie contract window, and I think they've swung and missed there too. It's just not mathematically possible for that team to get better and pay all three of those guys.
1: Yeah. So there you have it. We, we, we will see what winds up happening with them. On we go in the meantime to the next order of business. These guys put something on my screen here called for, for us to do a first impression.
0: You may have heard the sound. It sounds good. No, it sounds great. But Greeny hasn't. It. It's time for first impressions.
1: So these guys are talking um, about something that John Harbaugh said. So Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, not Jim, but John, was on Shefty's podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast, talking about Lamar Jackson and the way the position of quarterback is played, and Harbaugh suggesting that Lamar has changed the way the position is played. I haven't heard it. Neither of you. Let's give it a listen. Lamar's always been my guy, you know, and our guy. We we believed in him from the beginning. We're, we're the one team that believed in him in the draft. Built our offense around him. We built our whole team around him. We said we are going to go in a direction that nobody's ever gone before, football wise. We yeah. would call it a revolution. We said it was going to be a revolution, football wise, and it has been. People are running offenses now and plays now that they they hadn't run before that. They hadn't even thought about running before that. They see things differently. I mean, people see football differently, Adam, than they did in terms of my perception of what a quarterback plays like, acts like, looks like, whatever it might be. This is what I think a quarterback is defined. Now Lamar has moved it. Okay, so there's some of that I agree with and some of it that I don't agree with at all. Let's start with this. We were the only team that believed in him. Hold on a minute. In the 2018 NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens had the 25th pick in the first round. That's just a few spots before Lamar Jackson was selected. They had the 25th pick in the first round, (coughs) and they took Hayden Hurst. Lamar Jackson was their second first-round pick that year. Every team passed on Lamar, including the Ravens themselves. If the Ravens were so sure, fully believed in him, they would not have taken any chance that that was going to happen. The whole world was focused on when would Lamar Jackson get drafted. They could have taken him at 25 and they didn't. They were more than willing to let him go somewhere else. So the idea that the Ravens went into that draft with the degree of certainty that they're now trying to make it sound like they did for Lamar Jackson is just not accurate. Having said that, they do deserve credit for taking him for building an offense around him, and for everything that they have done to this point. They they have now given themselves the best chance they've had to win a Super Bowl in a very long time. Having said all of that, I'm going to throw out there that I don't think he's the one who changed the way the quarterback position is being played. You're smiling because I think you think you know who I'm going to say. I think so. Who do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to say Colin Kaepernick. Hmm. Colin Kaepernick, long before Patrick Mahomes, was the second-round pick of the San Francisco 49ers. Jim Harbaugh had a very successful team with Alex Smith as its quarterback. They went to the NFC Championship game. And the following year, he benched Alex Smith. No, excuse me. Alex Smith got hurt. On came Colin Kaepernick. Harbaugh built an offense that revolved in large part around Kaepernick's unique physical tools. He ran the ball as well as any quarterback we had seen since Michael Vick. And when Smith was healthy enough to come back and play, Harbaugh made the then very controversial decision, the old, you don't lose your, your spot to an injury or anything like that, to decision to stick with Kaepernick and it proved to be the right one. He took them to the Super Bowl, to another NFC Championship game? In one playoff game, I think it was against Dallas, but I'm not sure. Kaepernick
2: against Green Bay was the was the game he went crazy when he uh, ran. Against Green Bay. He
1: 181. ran 199 yards or something. 181 is a record which for Which remains the record. Yeah. He was the guy that Ron Jaworski came on the air and said, if you were picking any player to start a team with right now, it would be Colin Kaepernick he was the guy who created all of the debate on shows like Mike and Mike that we had every day. Is this sustainable? Can you play it this way? Quarterbacks going to take too many hits. Is this the pro football of the future? RG3 came along, expanded that conversation, his dynamic physical ability. Is this something that a quarterback is going to need to be able to do? And there was so much of the old NFL guard that was saying, absolutely not. It'll never start looking like college football. We can't have our quarterbacks getting hit that much. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. It went that way. It has become college football. It began with Kaepernick and then RG3 having success. Now, Colin Kaepernick is a human being who obviously now is remembered for Many other things beyond that. No one says the name Colin Kaepernick and says, oh, he was the first true great t- dual threat quarterback of this generation. That's not how anyone thinks of Colin Kaepernick. But the truth is, that's who he was. That's what he did. Vic was an outlier. Vic was always believed to be an outlier. Michael Vick could do stuff no one had ever seen. Michael Vick was the next in the generation of guys like Steve Young and Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, there'll always be one guy in the league who runs like that. But no one was looking for the next one. Michael Vick was very obviously one of one when he was one of one. Colin Kaepernick and then RG3 made it the way to play offense in the NFL. Lamar Jackson has taken it, obviously, to an even greater level. RG3 won Rookie of the Year doing it. Over luck. Over luck and Russell Wilson. And, and so he had great success till he got hurt. And, and now, obviously, Lamar Jackson's about to be a two-time MVP doing it. So I do not think it's right to say he changed.
2: That's it. fair. I think I follow your lineage there. To make my Mahomes point... I think teams are going to be making that mistake in the draft until the end of time, trying to find, to to identify the next Mahomes, because I think he is the outlier too. It's why I think Bryce Young was the first pick, and it's why I think Zach Wilson was the second pick, because, you know, if if you really squint hard enough, you might see a little shade of Mahomes when they're playing college football. But in reality, there's only one Lamar Jackson,
1: and there's only one Patrick Mahomes. If, If you're squinting at Zach Wilson and seeing Patrick Mahomes, you need a pair of glasses. I'm really squinty. You no, you need a telescopic <laughs> lens. I like like need Mr., a netty of some sort. Yeah, go out and get a neti pot. Good luck. Bring your ID. Bring your ID. <laughs> See you tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to Greenie the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN radio. Or Watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI